Welcome to the Journey Student Ministry Podcast. We're glad you're here. JSM exists to engage students in the process of knowing Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to be more like Him. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Hey, so um, just in case you don't know me, I'm Tracy. I'm the outreach pastor here, and I want to start off by being very real with you, if that's okay. Is that okay with y'all? I want to start off being just very honest and very real. This is a topic that um, I have struggled with for a while in my past. When I was your age, I struggled with it terribly. It was rough in my life. Not only did I struggle with what we're talking about tonight, but last week, the topic of sex and intimacy and all of that, I struggled with that as well. And I'm just going to go ahead and just be honest from the get-go. I wish I could take it all back. Like, I wish I could go back and be your age and take all of that back and start new. Because I live with the regrets of it on and off all of the time in my life. Like, I wish I could stand before you today and tell you that I loved Jesus when I was your age. Like, I wish I could stand before you and tell you that I followed Jesus and I wasn't perfect, but I made a difference. But I didn't. I grew up in church. I grew up going to a youth group, just like you're here tonight, JSM. JSM is awesome. I love it. I love what they do here, how they lead, how they lead worship. They... They are all about Jesus, and I'm all about that, and I love that. And I wish that I could be in a place in my life when I was your age that taught hot topics and were honest about what God says and what the Bible says about all this stuff. So just from the get-go, I want to tell you that maybe you're struggling with the topic we're talking about tonight. I just want to let you know I've been there and I'm not proud of it. I've been there and hopefully after we talk just for a little while tonight about what God says and what God's heart is on all of this stuff, um, the best that we can, that if you're struggling, you'll be able tonight to start facing it head on and to start dealing with it before God and with the help of your small group. So that's what I'm hoping. Hey, So I want to get your input. I always love to hear from you guys. And so I want to ask y'all a couple of questions. And the way you're going to answer, the way I hope you'll answer, and I hope you'll be honest, right? And and you'll raise your hand if, if what I say you agree with, all right? And if you don't agree with it, you can just keep your hand down. It's not all a decision. Sometimes you just raise your hand if that's true. Um, The first one is this, raise your hand. If you know somebody that's close around your age that has vaped, raise your hand. Almost everybody, okay? Raise your hand if you know somebody around your age um, that has messed with alcohol in some form or another, okay? Um, You notice I'm not asking if it's you because then that's like singling you out. But if you know somebody, right, so... um, Raise your hand if you know somebody who has smoked pot, marijuana, dank, whatever you want to call it. There's a bunch of different words, okay? Raise your hand if you um, have been around somebody around your age that not in the appropriate way, like they had surgery, but they have used prescription drugs or opioids. 
Like every time, it's almost everybody raising their hand, right? Um, Raise your hand. Then we get a little bit deeper sometimes. Like raise your hand if you know somebody around your age, if you know of somebody and you've been around them that has like messed with cocaine. Still some hands going up. Um, What about meth? All right, still some hands going up. Um, And I could go into maybe a few more, but I think that's enough. So here, let me move to a different idea. Raise your hand if you've seen somebody using either alcohol or using drugs that has made a fool of themselves. Like they've done it at a party or someplace and they absolutely made themselves look foolish. And maybe that was some of you that are raising your hands. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, let me just say this real quick. That's cool until that's you on that Snapchat video that somebody said, look at this dude or look at this girl and what she did, right? That's all cool and funny sometimes when we see other people do it, but then when it's us that's up there, it's a little bit different. It gets a little bit more serious. Raise your hand if you've been in a situation where you've like been, been tempted. You personally have been tempted or pressured to use alcohol or drugs in some form or another. Like you personally have been tempted or pressured to be a part of that. Maybe at a friend's house. Okay, still a lot of hands. There's hands on every single one. Can I just ask you a question? Do you know what I've been doing? And do you know what a lot of your parents have been doing since they were your age? Like they won't tell you this. And I I haven't told my kids this, but A lot of times what we're doing now is we're trying to undo what we did when we were your age. We're trying to undo the decisions we made and the mess ups that we had when we were your age. And it's still a struggle with some of us, with some of your parents, with me, with some other people. Like we're just trying to undo what we've already done. We, we come to church every week to try to undo stuff in our lives where we've maybe made an unwise decision or a foolish decision. And so I want to talk to you tonight pretty honestly on, uh, about alcohol and about drugs because that's what you asked in general. A lot of you asked, can we talk about these hot topics and so what, from what I understand from what Patrick shared last week, that that's what you want to talk about. And y'all, the best thing that I know how to do is just to tell you what the Bible says. Because I'm not an expert. Because I've already messed up. Because I wish I could take it all back. And now that I see who God is and who Jesus is through His Word and through what He says to me, and now that I actually have a desire to follow him because he saved me, now I want to share that with you in hopes that I can at least make a difference and say, Don't do what I did because the consequences are too great. Because unwise decisions will take you down a road you don't want to go down sometimes. And y'all, I'm just going to be honest with you sin is fun. Like alcohol and drugs, if, if like you're not doing it right if it's not fun. Like you're not sinning right if you're not having fun when you mess up. I'm just being honest. Like it's fun, but the Bible says it's only fun for a little while. 
And then it will start, you'll start to regret it. And you'll start to wish you'd never, ever step into that area of your life, whatever it is, whether it's last week's topic or, or this week's topic. And so no one, I, I want to I start off by saying this, at Journey, one of our core values is that we surrender to God's word and its life-changing power. Like, honestly, I'm not trying to get an amen, but honestly, if you really believe that the word of God is powerful and can change you, say amen. amen. Now, I didn't say it will always do that because we have to be surrendered and we have to be in the right posture to be able to receive and hear what God has to say. So before we just jump right in and go through pretty much three questions and a comment at the end, I would like you to bow your head and pray with me because, look, can I just say this before we bow our heads? I've been praying for you all week. I've been praying for you ever since I was asked to speak tonight about this, this topic. And I don't want you to leave here if you need something from God to change you. And that's my prayer. And I'm going to pray for you again right now and we'll jump right in. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every single guy and girl that's here in this room tonight. I thank you for every single small group leader who sacrifices their time to love on students and point them to Jesus. Lord, I thank you for a place that we can worship you tonight and that you can be center stage and you get all of the glory. And I'm just asking right now that all of my friends in this room, including myself, that you would speak to us and that I would not get in the way of what you want to do. I pray it would be clear. I pray it would be real. I pray it would line up with what you want and that you would change us and that we wouldn't just meet in vain. And I pray you get all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So um, I want to just say this. We just talked about the word of God. And I want to say this real quick. No one, no one and no other thing can put a higher standard on you than the word of God. Do you agree with that? Like the highest standard that we have to go by, the highest truth, the final say is God himself and the Bible is what we have of what God is saying to us and what God's doing and what he wants to do in our lives. And so there's no other standards uh, that's higher than that, than, than what is God's word. And now I'll say this too as well. While the Bible may, may not specifically mention cocaine, like I have not found, have you found a verse in the Bible that said, don't do cocaine? I, I ain't found it yet, right? So if the Bible says, doesn't say don't do cocaine, then put a line on the table, right? No. So just because the Bible doesn't specifically say it, and if you really are just really wanting to just argue and do your own thing, you'll say something like, well, God, God made marijuana. And it's all natural. And the Bible also says don't judge or you're going to be judged. So God made marijuana, and it's straight up all natural, so I can smoke it. And if you judge me, you're wrong. And then we have to say, is that really what the Bible says? Like, is that really what God's Word says about these things? It doesn't say don't do marijuana. It doesn't say don't smoke pot. It doesn't say this, or it doesn't say that. And so while the Bible may not specifically speak to everything we're going to talk about tonight... One thing I know for sure is that we're given principles in the Bible 
that give us guidance on how to live and make wise choices in our lives. God left us with an answer to every single question we have, although it may not be specifically said in Scripture, in the Bible. So everybody is accountable for their actions. Do you agree with that? Like the Bible says it this way, all have sinned and fall short of the, can anybody finish it? Glory of God. So let's just say that I put a target on that back wall and I've got a bow and arrow and I'm trying to hit that target with my bow and arrow and I pull it back and the string's not that strong. So every time I release, it hits that empty row right in the middle, right behind Connor right here. It hits the empty row and as far as I can pull it back, I'm trying to hit that target, but every time it won't even go past the middle row. That's what the Bible says about sin and God. It's like we're full of sin. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of God's glory. And no matter how hard we try to hit the mark of who God is and how holy he is and how perfect he is, the fact that he is God and he has no sin, no matter how hard we try to do that, we will always fall short of the target. We'll always fall short of the mark. For all have sinned. So every one of us is accountable to God for our actions because we're messed up. Now, most of you wouldn't do it, and I would never ask, by the way. But if I were just to ask you, like, if you, um, we're going to start over here on the first row, and I want each person to stand up and share a sin you've committed in your life. That would be kind of whack, wouldn't it? But you know what the truth is? We'd realize that everybody had something if they're honest. Man, we're all in the same boat, right? We, we, all, we are all messed up. We're all in the same boat. None of us can claim righteousness or perfection apart from Jesus Christ. There's no way. So that's why we look to his word. That's why we ask God to show us what he wants. So what does God say? This is the question I want to answer tonight, at least a couple of them. What does God say is okay? And what does God say is not okay? when it comes to alcohol and drugs. Do y'all want to hear the answer to that? Not what I think, but what the Bible specifically says. And it's my goal and my aim and my prayer that when you stand up in a few minutes and walk out the doors, I mean, it's honestly my goal that you walk out of here, at least, number one, you know what God says and what his word says about these things. That's what I want you to walk out of here knowing because you can't follow God or apply God's word if you don't know what it says. Do you agree with that? And so everybody's accountable. We got to answer the question, what does God say is okay? What does God say is not okay when it comes to his word and alcohol and drugs? And at the very end, maybe tonight there's some of you, a lot of you, a few of you, one of you. Maybe you're not being honest. Maybe you are that are just struggling for real. Like these, one of these things that we talk about is an honest struggle for you. Like it may be an addiction. You may be addicted. You may not be able to get away from it. And y'all, we do it for several reasons, don't we? Like some people in here that have messed with it or some of your friends that have tried alcohol, tried drugs, tried this, that, or the other. If we had to be honest, you know, the reasons are pretty simple. Number one, we do it to fit in. We do it because everybody else is doing it, right? We do it because 
the friends we're hanging out with or the people we want to hang out with or the ones we want to fit in with, they've tried it, they're doing it, and it seems cool. So I want to be cool. I don't want to be left out, so let me try some of that. Puff, puff, pass that over here, right? Don't mess up the rotation. And a lot of times what we do in our lives is we just go with the flow with what everybody else is doing. And we don't even pay attention to what God wants in our life. Another reason we do it, though, is because some of you in this room are sick and tired of life. And that breaks my heart for you. You're sick and tired of the way things are going at home. Maybe you're sick and tired of of somebody bullying you. Matter of fact, bullying is probably a bigger problem in general than alcohol and drugs in some ways. You're sick and tired of your home life and the divorce. You're sick and tired of how you're treated. You're sick and tired of how nobody pays attention to you or maybe some of your parents don't spend time with you like you think they should. You're just tired and you're becoming depressed. And so nothing else is satisfying me. I'm depressed and I'm sick and so I need something. So I grab this or I grab this or I grab this. And what I do is I try to medicate myself on these things so I don't have to deal with these things. There's so many different reasons. Those are just a couple that we go to. So many different reasons that we try alcohol or we get involved with drugs is because there's a struggle or we want to fit in or we want to be popular or everybody's doing it. And not to mention all of the culture that's like pushing in around you, social media and YouTubers and and Netflix and all of these things that in just in the very culture of the shows, they're pushing it on you and you don't even realize it sometimes. And before you know it, it just looks normal. It's just like a normal thing. So what's the big deal? I mean, everybody's doing it. And so at the end, I want to encourage you that if you're struggling, if you're addicted, if you just really feel like convicted by God that you want to stop doing this in your life, I want to help you know what you can do because of what God says. So I want to answer this question really quickly. These won't be very long, but I want to answer this question really quickly. What's okay according to the Bible when it comes to alcohol and drugs? All right, so let's just look at the, just in general, alcohol. Is, let me just ask y'all out loud, and you can answer out loud. Is alcohol okay according to the Bible? Everybody, I heard a couple of no's. Everybody said yes. Y'all sure? See, y'all don't know where I'm going. That's the fun part. That's why I said that. I was just messing around, but... I want to take you to Psalm 104 and just let the Bible speak for itself. Verses 14 and 15, it says, You, and it's talking to God, by the way, it's a capital Y. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants um, for man to cultivate. So, okay, God causes grass to grow so the livestock can eat. Y'all got that so far? You're like, what in the world's, what in the crap's that got to do with wine? Um, that he may bring forth food from the earth. All right, so the livestock eat. God grows the grass that the livestock eat. And, and if you're not a vegan, we get to eat steak. Now, for the ones who like meat or steak, 
Is that a blessing or a curse? Is that a gift from God? Or is that like, what in the world? I don't want no steak. I want a steak. Patrick's taking me out for a steak right after this, and I'm excited about it. He don't know it, but I just, I just spoke that into existence. Um, and listen, so, so, but before these verses, what you have is a lot of verses, and these are just a couple of them that are saying these are all gifts from God to enjoy. God causes this to happen, and you get to enjoy this. And right after that, in verse 15, he says, and wine to gladden the heart of man. God gave us wine actually as a gift to enjoy. Now listen, just because God gave wine as a gift to enjoy doesn't mean a couple of things. First of all, it doesn't mean everybody has to drink wine just like not everybody eats steak. Second of all, it doesn't mean that everybody has to like think that it's okay to drink wine. I know people in general that are totally against it and have been all of their life. They say, nope, you never do it, you never. But I honestly, when I look at scripture, would never tell them they have to do it. But I would just say, when we just look at a couple of verses, it seems to say from God's word, and that is what? The standard of everything, correct? The highest standard is not my grandmother. The highest standard is God and what he says in his word And it says, wine is a gift given to mankind, to people. And then Ecclesiastes 9, 7 says this. This is in another list of just blessings that God gave. They're not curses. So the context, what it's saying is, these are blessings. Go eat your bread with joy. Is it wrong to eat bread? Raise your hand. It probably is for me. But other than that, it's not wrong to eat a piece of bread. And drink your wine with a merry heart. And then listen to who it brings in. For God has already approved what you do. So in general, alcohol is not evil. That's what I'm trying to say. What God's word says in a nutshell is that it's not evil. It's not wrong. He gives it to us and permisses us, allows us to have it as a gift if we so choose to enjoy it as a gift. Now, in the Bible, it was a gift to enjoy And in the New Testament and the Old Testament, wine was used at weddings, at feasts. The Bible even says that Jesus drank wine. And the Bible even goes on a little bit further to say John the Baptist came and he didn't drink wine or anything. And and, and they were calling him all this stuff. And then Jesus came drinking wine. They called him a glutton and a drunkard. Now, do you think Jesus ever got drunk? If he's perfect, he didn't. And so that's the next point is... What's okay according to the Bible? Alcohol in general is permissible. It's okay in the Bible. What about drugs, vaping, or what they call jewels? What about smoking? What about smoking pot? What about all those other things that are not specifically mentioned in the Bible? We'll get to those in just a second. But I want to ask the next question. So first of all, It's not specifically mentioned about all these other names of drugs, right? So we have to look a little bit deeper at principles, which is what we're going to do. But at the very beginning, we see all throughout Scripture that the basic testimony of Scripture is that wine or alcohol in general is not evil in and of itself. So then we we come to this point to where it says what's not okay. That's the next question I want to help you answer 
is what's not okay in the Bible? Well, it's very clear that when we look at the same topic of alcohol, that the Bible is really, really clear to say, if you get drunk, it is not okay according to God's word. While it's permissible, if you get drunk, it is absolutely not okay according to God's word. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. I'm not going to read every part of that, but here's what it says. Now the works of the flesh are evident. There's a long list, and this list includes drunkenness. And at the end of that, it says something that, that, that is very sobering. No pun intended, right? And it says, these people who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What in the world? And so when we read about the works of the flesh, which is sin in our life apart from God, what we see is that drunkenness is wrong. Ephesians 5, 15 to 18 says this, look carefully then how you walk. And it doesn't say like, don't trip, don't trip. It's not talking like that. It's talking about your lifestyle. Watch your lifestyle and how you walk. And here's why it says that. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get, what does it say? Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. You're like, whoa, whoa, dude, big word. What in the world is that? That's just basically anything you overindulge in and go crazy in to in an excess. Like that's way too much, right? Like you binge Netflix for like 700 hours. That's too much. I mean, get up and go to the bathroom, man, or something. It's overdoing it with pleasure. It's going way too far. So it says, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but as an alternative, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So from those two passages, here's what we know for sure. What's not okay, what's okay in the Bible is that alcohol is permissible. What's not okay is drunkenness is one thing that's not okay according to God's Word. Y'all agree with that? You read it on the screen, right? It's very clear. It's very true. The highest standard is God's word. It's not okay to get drunk. And then there's another thing. So, so what this passage in Ephesians is talking about when it says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. The issue is not just about drinking wine. It's about control. It's about what you allow to control your mind and your thoughts and your lifestyle. He says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, what's the will of the Lord? The will of the Lord is very clear, it's understandable, and it's right in front of us. It's not something that's like confusing that we'll never know. It's spelled out in Scripture, and it says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. The more you give yourself to drinking more and more and being drunk, the less you're going to be close, the farther away you'll be from God and what God wants in your life. So it's, it's like a double whammy. If I go party, if I go get drunk, if I go crazy over here, God's going to be left way over there 
And it's just not going to work the way God intended it. So he says, don't be foolish, but choose wisely because the days are evil. Everything around you is telling you, don't worry about it. Just do whatever you want to do. Do what you feel like doing. What is your truth? How do you feel? And instead, God is saying, no, choose wisely because I'm telling you that although alcohol is permissible, it's wrong to get drunk. And then I'm also telling you um, that if you're under 21, it's absolutely wrong. You're like, wait, wait, where is that in Scripture? Romans 13, 1 and 2 says this, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Did you hear that? The laws of the land. Now, how old do you have to be to legally buy alcohol in America? 21. How old do you have to be to buy any other, like a jewel or a vape or cigarettes or dip, how old do you have to be? 18. It got moved to 21, right? It's been 18 for a long time. And so let every person be subject to the governed authorities for there is no authority except from God. Did you hear that? You obey the laws of the land because God put the people who make the laws in place, whether they're right or wrong, God put them in place and God want them to be there. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who exist will incur judgment. So the Bible says alcohol is permissible. It's wrong to get drunk. And if you're under 21, it's completely wrong. So if your mom or dad has a glass of wine at night with their meal, I wouldn't necessarily call that wrong. But if you go behind their back and grab some of that wine and start sipping on it, that's wrong, right? That's clear in the Bible is that you are under 21 and the, the God's word says, let's just don't mess with it at all and we'll have that conversation when you're 21. I've told my kids that. I have twin daughters that come here 15 years old and I tell them that. We'll have that conversation when you're 21. Let's don't have that conversation before that. Because this is what God's word says and this is what God's word teaches. So when it comes to drugs, vaping, smoking that are not mentioned specifically, we have principles. And I want to go through these as quick as I can. The law in Georgia says that cocaine and meth and heroin and ecstasy and marijuana and shrooms and acid and all those things are illegal. So you shouldn't be messing with them, period, because the laws say they are illegal and you shouldn't mess with them. I'm going to kind of leave that there. I think it speaks for itself. And then, the, and then we just talked about the fact that when it comes to cigarettes or dip or chew or jewel or vaping, what we know is that if God calls us to obey the laws of the land and it says 21, then all of us in here except for leaders are under 21, so it's very clear what Scripture says about that. And then I'll give you principles when it comes to the other matters that aren't specifically mentioned. Number one, and I won't, I'm not going to read these, but Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The first principle is respect your parents. God put your parents in place. And if they choose 
that they don't want you to be involved in that stuff, then you respect your parents. That's what God's word says, right? And that's hard. Like that's not just with drugs. That's with clean your room. Oh my gosh, just got me on that one, right? Or whatever else it may be. Dude, take out the trash. Take out the trash tonight, dude. But anyway, the second principle God's word give us is don't allow anything to master you. Don't allow anything to master you. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I won't let anything dominate and control me. I don't want these things to dominate. So if it dominates or controls your mind and your thinking and lowers your inhibitions, the Bible says, don't let it, stay away from it. And the third thing the Bible teaches us is to care for our body. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 through 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Like your body is to be worshiping the Lord in how you take care of it and how you carry yourself in the choices you make and in everything you do. And you have that from God as a gift. You have your life and your breath and your body. So you're not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And then I'm going to just skip to this part because that's what God's word says. What's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I think you heard it and maybe you already knew it. Maybe you already agreed with me. But the truth is, I want to say it very clearly tonight because I think it's so important. But the last part of that is this. Any of y'all ever heard the story of the prodigal son? Like you know it? Raise your hand if you've heard it, for real. All right? So it's about the, there's actually two sons. This is the younger one, and he goes to his dad, and he goes up to him. He says, I want everything I got coming to me. I want my inheritance, you know, what I'm going to get. Normally, you know, you get that later on, but I want mine now. Because I want to live my life, dude. I want to do what I want to do. And he got his inheritance. And he went off. It says he went off to a, a different land. And he spent it all on all kind of crazy stuff. Probably parties and drinking and prostitution. Anything he wanted to do, man, he lived it up. He went crazy, right? And that was me. Like, that was me. I didn't go to my parents and say, I tried that not too long ago, by the way. I walked up with mom and dad. I was like, hey, can I get my inheritance now? Prodigal son did it. And they were like, you're stupid, man. Stop. But in a real way, when I was your age, when I was in high school, I don't want to go into details, but I went nuts, man. I grew up in church. I went to youth group every single stinking Wednesday. I looked the part, man. I looked like I was okay. I hugged. I mean, literally, I hugged all the old ladies. I'm like, hey so-and-so how you doing and I mean I when I was sitting in like J group it wasn't a J group but when I was sitting in in the group the Bible study group like I was answering all the questions I knew what the Bible said but every single morning or every single weekend there was one of these substances in my life in my body going to school like that in the mornings coming home at two three in the morning and I'd come home stumbling. And I'd look down the hall and I'd hear my parents praying for me. Because they didn't know what to do. They'd given up. God, please change Tracy's life. Please help him not to be a part of this. It's tearing him apart. And they knew it. 
They put me on restriction. They tried everything they could, but I just didn't give a rip. I'm like, I'm going to live my life. And one day I'm sitting just like you are at a youth, at a youth group, and the message is like it was right from me. Like I was sitting right back there on the right side in the back because I always like to sit in the back. And everything I heard was like, Tracy, I love you. You don't have to live this way. I know you're just doing that stuff to fit in. I know you think you're all that. But I'm God and I love you. And I did something way better than that stuff would do for you ever. That's the prodigal son. Thanks again for listening to the Journey Student Ministry Podcast. If you need help taking your next steps, email our team at jsmnextsteps at journeycommunity.net.